The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us as we continue in our journey through the life of Christ in Matthew's Gospel. And so if you're following along with us, we are in Matthew chapter 10 as we're going to finish up that chapter today and we'll jump into chapter 11 tomorrow. Uh, One thing I want to announce here at Grace Baptist Church Bakersfield, all of our Wednesday night family ministries start back up. Usually in the summer, a lot of it's gone. And this... um, Tonight's the kickoff. Youth group comes back, kids program, kids rec comes back, um, parent cafe, a lot of different things happening on property. Um, other programs that come here on the property start in uh, a couple weeks. Uh, but it is something to see a campus. It just comes alive. And uh, so pray for those volunteering, those for running the programs. Pray for the families that we hope to minister to, that we hope to influence with the gospel uh, with the word of truth, with the, God, with the word of God, that uh, it would be effective and uh, it would go forth. So pray with us about that. And uh, if you're not serving somewhere, I know that, that there are some openings that you could help with in different areas. So you can reach out and let us know. Uh, Matthew chapter 10, if you're following along again, uh, we're going to jump uh, kind of, we read these verses yesterday, but we did not go into detail what they are, and I really think they fit in with the last few verses of the chapter. So Matthew chapter 10, verse 38, it says, He who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. He who loses his life for my sake will find it. He who receives you receives me. He who receives me receives him who sent to me. So let's, let's jump in the first couple of verses here. He talks about the idea of taking up your cross and finding your life. So the first thing is, and I've been asked this question, what does he mean by taking up your cross? Uh, and, and there's, uh, it's a pretty simplistic thing. One, let's go back. The picture of the cross, obviously Jesus referencing the future. The cross of this time, as Jesus is referencing and he's teaching, is just a torture symbol. Um, Jesus had yet to go to the cross at this point. Uh, and so as far as they knew, it was just a Roman source of torture for those who had committed crimes. It was supposed to be a very overt and public display, the premise of the cross was that anybody who debated committing a crime would be reminded of the visual excruciation and pain of the cross, the embarrassment of it, so much that goes with it. But it was very public. And so they would make it very public so they say, listen, if you do this, that will be your end. And so they made it clear that everybody would be able to see it. Um, it was up on a higher point so the world would say more people have been crucified. And so that was a relatively normal practice. That was the idea of the cross. The cross was a symbol of pain and of torture. So why would he say, take up your cross? Well, his teaching was leading into the fact that the cross, I know there's a lot of even some opinions on what it means today or not, but can I tell you, I think that when Jesus went to the cross, there was some symbolism that was changed there. Up to that point, it was a picture of torture. Since then, the cross itself is not a picture of hope. But what happened on the cross is a picture of hope. That somebody had not deserved where he was getting, had not done anything to deserve the excruciating punishment that he received on that cross, went there because of us, endured the pain, despising the shame, all of that for you and for me. So I, I will not sit back and say the cross is a symbol of hope. I say what happened on the cross 
is a symbol of hope. So when we see him, what do we see? We see that today it's a different symbol than it was in this days. So, but even then though, when after Jesus passed away, the Bible says the, the church, they were called Christians first in Antioch. What was the point? Little Christ. They were, it was supposed to be a, somewhat of a slanderous comment. The followers of this Christ. But many of them, later down the road, would be hung on crosses in picture of their founder, Christ. Um, the cross was still a torture chamber, but it was a torture device, but it ultimately was more of a symbol. People are willing to go to that cross because it pictured, because they were standing for Christ, standing with this Jesus. So now what he says, take up your cross, what, what is he referencing? Well, I could go, the simplistic way is take up the symbol. The cross is going to be something that God has allowed into your life that he's asking you to bear. Now, it might be a ministry. He asks you to minister to somebody. It might be, you know, maybe ministering to kids, maybe ministering to certain people. That's your cross. The gifts you've been given, the experiences of life you've gone through will prepare you for that. It might be a struggle that he's allowed into your life, and you can bear that burden, that, that disability or whatever it is that God's brought into your life. You can bear it in a way that honors God. It's a cross. Um, it could be um, maybe a loss of a loved one, and you say, why would this happen? As hard as it is, somehow God can use those kind of things. That's, a, that's an extreme version, but I think you get the point. God's going to allow different things into your life. What are you going to do to bear what God has allowed into your life? And to each and every one of us, it will be different based upon the positions God's called us to, the background that we've come through, the strengths and weaknesses we have. So here's what he's saying. Whatever God allows into your life, whatever he's put in front of you, are you going to embrace it or are you going to run away from it? Now here's what he says, which is kind of the opposite. He who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. So I've given you an opportunity to use this gift, this struggle to honor me. If you don't do it, it's the same thing like I said before. You've lost the premise of a true disciple. Then he goes in and kind of gives the other thinking up. And he says, he who finds his life loses it. He who loses his life for my sake will find. Here's what he's saying. He who goes after the things of the world instead of after the things of God will lose the things of the world. Uh, one, uh, I think King James says, he who saves his life will lose it. Here, here's the premise. If, I, if my focus is, is temporal, material, I'm all about this world, and I give all of my time and attention towards the things of the world, and Jesus is an extra, Jesus is not that big of a deal, I'm going to lose it all. Now, it, it, it could be that God's just going to let it fall apart, or it could be the fact that we realize that we're investing in empty things. You see, at some point we're all going to die, and only what we've done for Christ will last for eternity. So if we invest into the temporal, when we die, we're losing everything. So it just could be that simple that while we invest for money, for houses, for cars, and there's nothing wrong with those if that's not our primary. But if that's where we put our focus and our attention, he says when we die, that's all gone. We'll lose it. But if we are willing to give up those things and invest our life into eternity, take that cross and invest our life into eternal things, we'll save it. Because it will go with us into eternity. We'll receive the reward when we get to heaven. Instead of saying, man, I wasted my life on things that were temporal and things that really didn't matter. He's really encouraging you. So then what does he say? What happens then when you do this? I love this. See, verse 40, he who receives you receives me. He who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives the disciple is the same thing as receiving Jesus. And those who receive Jesus receive God. 
He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. He who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Whoever gives one of those little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, surely I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. Here's what he's saying. God has sent out people to serve. In this situation, he's specifically referencing the disciples and the apostles. And if you remember earlier in the chapter, he had told them, do not go out carrying a purse with extra money. Do not look to take care of yourself. Though when you go, let those who you are serving take care of you. And then he comes to the end of the chapter and he says, if you're willing to be a blessing to these disciples, they go out, I will bless you. That's what he's saying. If you're willing to be a blessing to the servants, they will bless, God will bless you. Now understand, there are times when if you're in people and sometimes in my position abuse that they use that truth as a way to gain for themselves i believe that's dangerous i believe it's unbiblical don't get me wrong i'm not saying that somebody can't be a blessing god said that you know the elder's worthy of his reward there's a lot behind that so there's a motive but here's the key this is not even about that this is about god is saying if you receive you'll encourage you'll follow and help those god will bless you uh, and here's the premise we get from this when we go God has said, I'll take care of you, and I can use other people to be a blessing to you. And that's where we put our, we put our trust. When we serve, we put our trust in God, and we let God take care of all of those other things. Let me challenge you as we finish. Uh, make eternity what you're going after. And when you invest, while there's a need to plan for retirement, a need to you know, live and to take care of our current needs, and God blesses you, I would say this, may that not be your primary priority, use whatever God has given you to be a blessing to the church and to invest into the kingdom and into heaven, into eternity. Again, thanks for joining us today on this Wednesday. Appreciate the privilege to be part of your day. Hope you're having a great week. Again, pray for us tonight. Uh, if you've got family and, 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 and children, bring them here. Youth, bring them here. There's a place for the family, for the parents to hang out. Uh, we'll take some time, discuss some parent things, enjoy some t you know, discussion. What, what about parenting topics? We'll spend some time in some games and fellowship while the kids are enjoying their time of uh, program and, and ministry. Uh, we just look for, pray with us tonight as we start that back up. Uh, thanks again for joining us today. We we'll look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.